I'm really expectant about what God is going to do amongst us this evening and has already done. And we have just been singing, haven't we, and declaring that we believe that God is here. We believe that God is here. And so I'd really encourage you to just have hearts and minds that are open and expectant to hear from God this evening. As Tamsin said, my name's Odell. For any of you that don't know, I'm on the staff team here. And um, it is really good to be back. I say that because I had the month of July off. The senior team have been given a little bit of additional leave. And when I had my time off, I really asked God to just remind me of who he was, how much he loved me, just those simple truths. But also what I really sensed as I came back and came back to church and came back to work, I had a kind of real joy in my heart about the fact that we are on a journey together as a church family. A journey where God wants to really speak to us. And I was reminded of that when I was preparing for this evening. Because we've been in this little mini series for anybody who's been here for the last few weeks, all looking at calling. And our hope and prayer has been and continues to be today that each and every one of us would have a greater sense of what God is calling us or has called us to do, to be, and into. And in the first week, we learn about the fact that God wants each and every one of us to be available for whatever purpose he has and way that he wants us to help build his kingdom and wants our response to be as Moses responded with here I am. And then last week, Andy reminded us through the passages in 1 Corinthians particularly, that when we are stepping into our calling, it often means that it has to come from a place of dependency on God. And today we want to look a little bit deeper into the question, what is God calling us into? What is he calling you into? And my prayer is that you have been thinking about that over the course of these last couple of weeks. If you haven't been here, you can listen to those back on our website. But also that you'll go from here and have further conversations with one another, with God, asking him, what do you want to do in me and through me? And I share these things, not as somebody who has got this all sorted, far from it. I share what I feel God wants to say to us today, and it's very much for me as it is for each and every one of you. So if you are up for pressing in and discovering more of the journey of what we are all called into, then we're going to do that by looking at some verses, particularly from Ephesians 4. But before we do that, I'm just going to pray for us. Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can gather here today. We thank you that we can be in this space. And we do believe that you are here with us. And we do believe that you want to speak to us. And so Holy Spirit, would we have open hearts and minds right now to receive from you. Take the words that I've prepared, Lord God. Use them, discard things that are not helpful. But would we leave here this evening having encountered you and have a greater sense 
of what you want to do in us and through us. Amen. We're going to be looking at Ephesians 4, and we're going to be looking particularly at verses 1 to 7, and it'll be on the screen, or you can follow on your phones, or if you've got a Bible with you, but Paul is writing this letter from prison. If anybody was here last week, you'll remember we heard of some of the trials and difficulties and challenges that he faced, and here are some of the words. I'm going to read it from the NIV version that he wrote. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. One of the first things for us to recognize in this passage is what it's saying to us about unity. It's saying that unity is not something that is automatic. It takes work effort, patience, humility, and for the people of God, for us to be united together, we need to do that with Holy Spirit, and we need to do that together. But in these few verses, there's a kind of pleading tone from Paul in the words that he's using, in the language that he's using in the original. Paul is desperate and wanting the church in Ephesus, and us today, I truly believe, to fully grasp the power of these words for our lives. But if we're really honest, a lot of the time we maybe gloss over them. You see, Paul highlights in this passage seven eternal realities, as the theologian Stuart Olyot calls them. These demonstrate that what we share is immeasurably greater than what differentiates us. Now just humor me for a moment and look around, turn to the person next to you. You can smile to people. You've asked them what they had for breakfast. Um, Let's just be honest. We're all different, aren't we? We look different. We're different ages, different stages of life, different backgrounds, different ethnicities, different wealth, different style. And um, I feel like I need to tell you that yesterday, May Moore came over to our house for dinner and we had a little conversation about this and my two children agreed that May's style was nine out of 10, mine was six and Andy's was five. So there we go, we're all different. But what happens is so much of the time we get caught up in actually what is different about us rather than what brings us together and unites us. And I wonder if when we do that, it dilutes the sense of call and that sense of being united together. And so Paul is very clear in these verses. There is one body, one spirit, one calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father. So surely this can lead us to agree that unity and only unity 
is the logical and most fruitful way for us to live our lives. Or if you want it even simpler than trying to remember seven realities, remember three affirmations. We're one body, one hope, one family. But this unity is dependent on each and every one of us stepping into the giftings for the greater good, stepping into the things that he has asked of us. When we all play the part that we have, actually we flourish as we step into more of what we've been called into. And so I want you to just hold on to that sense of unity, that almost introduction that I've given around that right now, as we look at three things that I think Holy Spirit wants to speak to us about and remind us about this evening when we're asking that question, what are we called into? The first thing is, that we are actually called to Jesus himself. You see, we're called to choose salvation. We're called to the savior. And this comes first because once we grasp that and accept Jesus, everything else flows from that. If you're new here today or you don't yet call yourself a Christian, I would love to just remind you that you two are called by name. Each and every one of us is called by name. It says it. It says it in Isaiah 43 verse 1. Each and every one of us is called by name. And Jesus came. He lived his life. He paid a price for each and every one of us by dying on a cross and then rising again to show us how much he loves us and forgives us. And he did that for me and he did that for Sarah and he did that, I'm trying to find faces, for Stuart and he did that for you, add your name in. He did it for each and every one of us. And whether we have known that for 10 years, for 20 years, or we don't yet know it and we want to give an opportunity if anybody wants to make that commitment this evening. But the reality is, we cannot ever let the reality of what Jesus did for us and the fact that we are called to choose him as our savior every single day, we can't let that become old news or secondary news. We have to hold on to that. And at times what can happen is is that we mess up and we get it wrong and so then we question, but actually, Jesus is really clear in the scriptures. Luke 5, 32 reminds us, I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Or Mark 2, 17, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I always find that such an encouragement when I get it wrong, when I mess up, when I'm not sure, when I've still got questions. He loves me and he's called me and he came for me, and that is the same for each and every one of us this evening. It doesn't matter your lifestyle, the choices that you've made, the things that you've got wrong. No, Jesus wants you to know first and foremost that you are called to him. And I love what Christine Kane says around this. We are called to fall in love with the person of Jesus rather than the benefits of our Christian lifestyle. 
Christ-likeness needs to be what we are pursuing wholeheartedly. And I know when I think back to the time where I made a commitment of faith as a child, it was actually only as I kind of entered into my teenage years that I realized the enormity of what God had done for me and the fact that he wanted to use me. He had a plan and a purpose for me. And now I can testify to 30 years later of having gone on a journey that I would never have expected. It's gone in different ways, different places, with different people than what I ever thought. We are called to the Savior is the first thing. The second thing is that we are called to be set apart. This is also known as sanctification, but we're called to live a holy life. Verse one in this passage is really clear. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. But how do we live a life of holiness? What does that look like for us? I think we do that together. I think we do that as a body of Christ, united. Remember, we are one as church family, whether we like it or not, that's what it says. We do this in community. We do this when we're saying, I'm ready, God, for you to mold me, shape me to be more like you. This week, for anybody that has children, will know that a lot of the schools were back and in our house, that brings a range of different emotions. Got two little boys. Jensen was heading into P4, but Tobin was making the start into P1. I was gonna put a photo on the screen, but I held back. Um, and for me, when I did my first drop off of him, I'll be really honest, I did have some tears, and then I went and had some coffee and cake, and that definitely helped. But I remembered the times I had with them over the summer. And I had some longer time off than normal, as I said at the beginning. And there were times over the summer where they behaved beautifully. But there were also times over the summer where let's just say it got to one point and Andy said, I think they have to go back to school because they are definitely becoming slightly feral right now. They seem to listen to their teachers more than they listen to us. But what I found myself saying time and time again as a parent to them when they said, can I do such and such because my neighbors are doing it? Can I do such and such because my friends are doing it? Can I not hit my brother? Because that's what I saw done here. I found myself having to say no because I need to teach them that they need to live their lives and behave differently. Now, if any of you know my children, you will know that that is not always heard in the best way, and that was resisted and protested against and negotiated. And it's a slightly trivial example, but we are called to live our lives differently. Our Heavenly Father is saying, the world might tell you to live a certain way, but I'm telling you to live my way. I'm telling you to live my way. And later on in this chapter of Ephesians, in verse 24, we're reminded to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. But what are the challenges that we face in culture today? I know 
when, even when I was a student, it was different to what it is for you now. I don't know what the world's going to be like in 10 years when my children are setting off, leaving home, going into university, if that's what they choose to do. And so the only way that we can work this stuff out is to do it together. You know, it's not easy though. And that's something that we need to be reminded of. Yes, we're called to be set apart and live our lives differently. But it's not easy. It's often so costly. And whenever I think of that, I'm always reminded of this passage in Acts 9 where um, the Lord is saying to Ananias to go and tell Paul, previously Saul, um, the call that he has. And this is what he says, go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. That is a big call. But this is then what comes next in verse 16. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. And we heard some of that last week. We heard about the shipwrecks and the challenges and the difficulties that Paul faced. I don't know about you, I wouldn't have wanted to be Ananias and give that message. And I also wouldn't want to receive that message, but actually each and every one of us need to receive that message. That a lot of the time when we step into our callings that God has for us, It often means stepping out of some of our comforts. God never promised it was going to be easy. But God often uses some of the hardest things that we go through to bring resolve. I would never have thought, as a child who grew up, and some of you will know a bit of my story, as a child who grew up in a house where there was domestic abuse, I would have never have thought that 20 years later I would be working with perpetrators of domestic abuse and helping them to change their behaviour. The only way that that has been able to happen is because of God calling me, shaping me, moulding me and equipping me. We are called to be set apart. And thirdly, is that we're called to live a life of service. Colossians 3, 17 says, whatever you do, do it for Jesus. Service shouldn't be seen as a task. It should be something that actually we're kind of compelled to do. Steve mentioned this in his talk a couple of weeks ago. Once we're saved, once we know Jesus, it should be something that flows as we're growing as disciples and recognizing that we all have a part to play. But at times what can happen is we can say, what can I bring? Or maybe we have sensed that we're meant to do something, but we've seen somebody else do it better. And so then we shrink back and we go, no, no, not me. That kind of imposter syndrome comes in. Or maybe you think, but I've not got all the answers. I've still got loads of questions. Well, the reality is, in the Bible, we're reminded of the fact that Jesus calls those who feel unprepared and unqualified because he prepares us as we go and gives us what we need. That's in 1 Corinthians 1, 26. And today we haven't got the time to go into what God's call might be for each and every one of you individually. 
the individual gifts and skills and talents, and maybe you're already stepping into that. But we do want you to take this and continue to ask God and to journey with people in your community, in your huddle, or maybe some of you have signed up for the calling day that we've got at the end of September. Because at Central, we are passionate about people recognizing their God-given potentials and stepping into them, moving into the spaces and places that God has called them into because we've all got a part to play. We've been hearing about the fringe this evening, and you'll know if you've been here before that this stage is not normally like this. The book festival are in, as we've already heard, and before that, we had some American theatre company in at the beginning of the month. Now, if any of you have ever been in a production or in any kind of show, you will know that actually, the person that's in charge of the props is as important as the person who is acting on the stage. The person who is looking after the lights is as important as the front of house staff. All of these people are working together, united together, to put on and perform the show to the best of their abilities. And actually, I did this this morning, and I want to do it again this evening, because they don't always get a lot of praise. But there are so many people in this room who are a part of the venue team, they have been working on the sound system and other bits and pieces to make this building not only work for the fringe, but actually be reworked so that our Sunday gatherings can take place. And I'd love for you to just for a moment, just give them a hand to say a huge well done for the, what they've done so far. You see, so many things happen, but they go on behind the scenes. But they are vital, they are crucial, and they are important. And yes, we've had some hiccups over the last week, and we'll probably have some more with sound and other bits and pieces, but everybody has been playing their part. But you see, the reality is, and actually the difference is, as the body of Christ and as the church, we all have a part to play but not to perform a show. We all have a part to play to bring glory to God. We all have a part to play to show and share the incredible love and hope that we have in Jesus. That's why we are united together. And I know when I was younger and I did some theater stuff, um, the kind of sense of unity, the bonds that you had with one another, meant that when the show came to an end, it was so emotional. You'd been encouraging people, you'd been calling stuff out in people, you'd been affirming in people that they'd done a great job. Well, let me tell you, this show doesn't come to an end until Jesus returns or we are called home. So we have to keep encouraging one another, affirming each other, calling out the gifts and the skills and the talents that each and every one of us have so we can all play our part because each and every one of us is called. None of us are disqualified from this. And I actually love these verses that we were looking at at the beginning um, in the message translation and I'm just gonna read them Verses four to seven from Ephesians four. You were all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction, so stay together, 
both outwardly and inwardly. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who rules over all, works through all, and is present in all. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. But that doesn't mean you should all look and speak and act the same. Out of the generosity of Christ, each of us is given his own gift. We're all in this together, but we've all got a different part to play. Some of the young people that are here went to Magnitude Festival that took place over the summer. A little whoop whoop from some of them. Um, And I went along for a couple of days and it was great to see other people from here helping, being a part of those teams, volunteering. Just a great example of people playing their part and coming together. But I also know some young people in this room responded when there was an ask of, do you feel called to church planting? Do you feel called to stand up for injustice? Do you feel called to work in a particular profession? Some people in this room stood up, they went forward. It's incredible. But how do we, other people around them, continue to encourage them, draw that out of them more, be with them when it gets hard or tough as they start to think about it? Because that is the reality, as I said earlier, it's costly. It might end up being that they do something different to what their parents had wanted them to do. Maybe you sit here as a student or a young adult, and that is the reality for you. You've sensed something that God has said to you, and it's taken you on a different path than maybe what others wanted for you. You need to be encouraged and reminded, just like Paul was after every shipwreck and hardship and challenge that he faced as well, as we heard about last week. The reality and the reminder of Philippians 3, 14, we press on towards the goal to win the prize for which God has called us heavenward in Christ Jesus. You see, remembering the call and remembering that we're called to the Savior, we're called to be set apart, and we're called to serve and play our part is what actually sustains us for the journey of faith, for the lives of service, and for the hearts of generosity in all we do. And so I'd love for us, if you are able, to just stand together. Because I want to just recap and remind you, we are united. We are one. We have one Lord, one Spirit. We're called to the Savior. We're called to be set apart. And we're called to serve. And this is a big deal. Like, let's not gloss over that. This is a big deal. We are his ambassadors, his hands and his feet. But we need to do this together. Because often we can feel like we're not, not able to. We feel discouraged. We feel unqualified. It may be that you stand here today and you really know that you're called to a particular job 
or you're called to serve as a community leader in this church, or you're called to be in the worship band or help with tea and coffee, or write letters to stand up for those that are marginalized to the MP, whatever it may be. The lists are endless. But at times, we also just need to be encouraged and built up again to keep going. And so I'd love for you to just close your eyes right now. Because at Central, our DNA and something that we talk about all the time is what has God said to you and what are you going to do about it? And so I'd love for you to just wait on Holy Spirit right now. Speak to us, we pray. Reveal to us, Holy Spirit, what it is you want to say to us through these words this evening. Whilst you keep your eyes closed, I said earlier on that there would be a moment and a time for anybody that wanted to make a commitment of faith today. Because actually they wouldn't yet say that they know Jesus as their Lord and Saviour. And if that is you, nobody's looking, people have got their eyes closed, but I'd love for you to just raise your hand where you are right now. And I'm going to pray a prayer Heavenly Father, we thank you for what you did by sending your son Jesus to live a life, die on a cross and then rise again so that we could know how much we're loved and how much you forgive us. And God, tonight, we want to accept you. I want to accept you as my Lord and Savior. Forgive me for all the things that I've done wrong. And may I start a journey of faith with you today. Amen. If any of you have prayed that prayer and you want somebody to, um, and you want to just tell somebody, then please do go to our prayer ministry team. We'd love to give you a Bible if you don't already have one. But I also wonder if there's a couple of other ways for us to respond. And so as the band come up now, our prayer ministry team are going to be available And I wonder if for some of us in this room right now, the thing from this evening is that actually you know that you need to be set apart and live your life differently. But you found that hard. Or actually you've really struggled to do that. And at the beginning of this kind of new academic year, you want to make a stand again to say, yes, I choose to be set apart and to live my life differently. If that is you, we would love to pray with you or encourage you to have people around you to pray with you. But I wonder if there's others here that actually maybe you do know what you're called into, but it's been pretty discouraging so far. It's been hard. And you need somebody to pray with you, to just encourage you again, to fill you afresh to keep going, to keep pressing on. Or maybe there's some of you that actually feel like 
I can't believe that God would want to use me. And that lie that you're holding on to is what's pre- preventing you from stepping into what God has for you. So as the band play and our prayer team are available, just ask Holy Spirit to speak to you. God, would you stir us up right now? Speak to us, Lord God. We want to have a greater spiritual understanding of the call that you have placed on our lives whether that's for the first time whether that's um, a reminder because actually times have been hard speak to us Jesus and help us to respond Amen